just a quick disclaimer before we get into the episode. This episode of WDM contains discussions around death, so we understand not everyone is in a place to talk about this. Listener discretion is definitely advised. Hello and welcome to this episode of Double DM Podcast, where um, two dungeon masters from Germany just talk about role-playing, D&D, rules, and everything in between. And even sometimes not even TTRPG related. With me today is my lovely co-host Emir. How are you today? It's been a magnificent week, I have to tell you that. Why is that? Um, first of all, let's start with the worst thing that happened this week. Um... I had to start the next semester of university because I want to get a bachelor's degree. Yeah. And obviously when you start a new semester of university, there's always this existential dread creeping into your mind saying you are just... I'm not even sad, actually. I I, I love the next this semester that I'm having right now because I only have math and a little bit of lectures and... Uh, about some stuff for computer science. I have my uh, internship. It's it's pretty chill, but it's always a new semester. Uh, it could go it could go all wrong and something like that. Every student gets yeah. that. Yeah, I know that a lot. For the past seven semesters, I got that. Mm-hmm. So um, before I before I continue, is there something you want to talk about in this recap? Uh, there is. I had my playing, my my group played with me, with which consists of seven players mm-hmm. plus mm-hmm. the DM. The group you told us about already. Exactly, and it was magnificent. <laughs> I loved every single bit of it. Although the one part of combat we had was a little weird, because it took for ages. It just uh, just was one guy they were fighting against seven first level characters and on one hit i rolled so well that if it would have been a crit he would have died instantly and i wouldn't couldn't have done anything about it um but overall just this this little fight Mm -hmm. took i think two and a half hours yeah combat with a big group is a drag sometimes yeah and that's just one Evil guy. I normally play with <laughs> six play like six is my standard group because mm-hmm. I can't say no if someone wants to join my group. And six players in D D especially is is a drag. <laughs> like the Black it's Eye not. has ha, is somewhat easier and contact, which is another big system from Germany, at least one that we played a lot. The combat there that could have been even with one player complete drag, so we completely switched it to our preferences. But while you were saying you you've rolled really well on that damage die, right? It nearly yeah. killed your player character. Our yeah. topic today is death. So would exactly. okay. So you did hit the player, right? Exactly. Did the player did. Uh, did the PC uh, fall below zero hit points? He 
fell to minus one hit point. So he was making death saves. Exactly. For you as a dungeon master, first level players, let me get already into the discussion. Um, for your for your group, um, for that for that game, would you have killed the player character if your if you would have critted that damage die? I I think I would have. Uh, I wouldn't have. Why is that? Because. Uh, because he was a new player mm-hmm. he played one one shot before and then this is his first campaign he plays so i would just feel bad for him to have that character idea and just make a new one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I so understand that. i think i wouldn't have but depending on how everybody else reacted i might have okay yeah, especially with def- new players, I think it's yeah. very important to. Well, death is a part of the game. Let's let's put it out there before we actually get into the discussion. Death is a part exactly. of the game. <clears throat> it can happen. It could happen. It's how you do it at your table. And the thing is, it's in my opinion not so great to especially if your player had an amazing character idea that they loved to bits and pieces to just kill it off right away without any yeah. any way to actually uh, indulge themselves in that character i can see though that for example also killing them would be a great experience for first time players as well it, it, I th- but I think we shouldn't uh, get uh, ahead mm-hmm. of ourselves. That's why we have our two guests, which <laughs> yeah. we'll announce shortly. Um, but overall, the role-playing was fun. They interacted with NPCs a lot. They thought about things I haven't even thought of. And I made for uh, one quest, I think, 12 to 13 one-note pages worth of notes. I prepared a lot, but I still didn't prepare enough. Hmm. As you do, as every DM can. But you never prepare enough. Confirm, no matter how big the yeah, group it's, is. It's always the same. But yeah, that's all for me this week. Okay, I I I have another thing to talk about. First of all, I've had another of my tournament sessions, um, mm-hmm. which are every two weeks. Uh, my players still haven't started the tournament yet. They basically only played that one day that was in between the uh, the actual rounds to get into the tournament and the tournament itself. So basically a day of rest for everyone before the tournament starts and for the workers and the tournament to actually construct the stage and all. And they used that day very well, especially because f- some talks between the party actually made very interesting um, interactions because they don't trust each other anymore. Hmm, interesting. Um, one so why is that? Yeah, okay, go ahead, please, please. So, so why is that? Um, why don't they trust <laughs> yeah. each other? Um, they've anymore? had um, one of the player characters, one of the players wanted to switch character way back in the campaign, switched, and now switched back. Because he didn't like the uh, how how the game played out for with that character idea for him, so he wanted to switch back to the character build he found way more fun, 
and I respect that. If you want to have more fun at the table, I will never stop you. And yeah, he switched back and the character came back with some secrets they don't want to talk about. And the rest is now as uh, um, they are not trusting her anymore, that character. Um, because she more or less came in asking questions she shouldn't have been asking, not sharing any information mm -hmm. she got and all that stuff. And obviously, I as the DM also uh, took part in it because she was traveling with another group. That group seemed also very uh, distrusting of the other player characters and all that meshed together. Um, created a very strange and tense atmosphere that my players role played very well. Um, mm. Some of them actually uh, left the room to talk about something different so nobody could hear them. And yeah, the players were distrusting for the rest of the session uh, about anything, actually. It was great. Yeah, so, but as long as it doesn't... Um turn towards the player playing that character it's all good, uh, fun and games it's all mm -hmm. good yeah yeah, yeah. no they they, were, they weren't uh, anything offensive to the player or the player character it was just this i don't trust you anymore please get out of my house or if you want uh, us to trust you again prove to us that you are trustworthy yes and she hasn't again. done that yet yeah there will be enough but opportunities to grow there will be very much opportunities the past next sessions I, I expect the tournament to go around five sessions now from from now mm -hmm. um there will be enough opportunities for them to actually interact while also having these big fights uh, in the tournament um and I, th uh, and I hope you will keep us posted i will definitely every time we record an episode talk about that but next ep next episode i will talk about the other campaign the phantoms of chaos which is also very interesting because they are reaching the capital of the country they are in right now It's also very mm. interesting uh, what they are going to do next because basically their ways got cut off. Uh, they can't travel any further and need to actually get another idea for what to do now. Would be interesting. So there are huge uh, plot point plot point ideas or possibilities. I actually have none. For them. I'm, I'm actually waiting for them to do anything. Yeah, but they have uh, the opportunity to create some yeah. starting points for the plot that you can create to kick off there yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah um and, and i think you have another big thing well, coming up yes we have we have coming we up have, we have a few things was. coming up now first of all we are nearly at 900 twitter followers that's awesome thanks for that guys thanks you guys thanks. we are also nearly at 150 listens on this podcast with 13 episodes recorded? Twelve. This is our 12th. I am bad at numbers. <laughs> well, same here. But... <laughs> yeah. I mean, we are playing a game of maths disguised as a role-playing game mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. So if we mash up some numbers yeah 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 yeah, us. yeah i get that no uh we have amazing amazing people uh that follow us everyone hearing this is amazing trust me yeah um we thank you all so much for that uh we couldn't even have imagined have 100 imagined. listens yeah. and we hit that two weeks ago 
I actually I couldn't even imagine that anyone except us yeah. would listen to us talking I, about I've it. I've made my peace with at least having five listens now. Yeah, I need to comprehend but 50. 150. That's it's just insane. Oh. I, wow. And one last thing uh, before we uh, get to the discussion, really. I have been. This is weird because we are recording this on Wednesday. The live stream I am on for the Beige Gang with uh, Dragon's Duel, Check These Out, Role Players Guild, Offsworn RPG, Maps and Quest, DM Chronicles, and myself from Double GM Podcast are. That live stream was yesterday when this episode airs. So. Saturday the 16th, which is in the past for anyone listening to this, was a probably very, very amazing live stream with some amazing people and myself. I don't know how I got into that, but I did. <laughs> You're going to have to live with hey. that now. Um, it will be a lot of fun. It will be a very chaotic stream, even though mm -hmm. it's not chaotic. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, um, I would say... I make predictions now, but for the people listening, this is not predictions, this is truth. So, it's gonna be very fun. Yeah. It's gonna be a game of chicken. Uh, we, we already have this uh, going. Who's gonna be the first one to really crack up and go complete haywire into chaoticness? Mm, it's probably gonna be me, because be all... yeah. I'm the worst <laughs> player of us all. I'm gonna need set expectations low enough for myself so I can't disappoint myself now. Um, no, I can tell you it probably was amazing. It was very fun because I'm I was surrounded by one of some of the most funniest people I know on the internet. You should just see the promo poster and all is. If you see the pro, if you haven't seen the game, look at the promo picture Hamilton makes or made for you guys. You are gonna love it. Trust me on this. Trust I'm me very excited on for this. It. It's gonna be, or it was amazing. So, why that is done? <laughs> it's it's so <laughs> weird to talk about something that is for me in the future, but for people in the past. Uh, yeah, timelines. Timeline. Time Damn, zones. Timelines. Time is weird. Um, we have yeah. guests today. Yeah. To talk with us. I'm very excited for about. Yes, that. we have two guests today. They're gonna talk with us about death. Um, as you already heard in the disclaimer, uh, this is episode is focused on death, which is a violent topic, which is a very scary topic. And again, don't listen to the discussion that comes now if you are not in the place to actually listen to this. Please take care of yourselves. We don't want you to have any bad feelings, get hurt, or anything because of this podcast. So, exactly, we have two so, guests. Who are our two guests? We have two amazing DMs with us today. Both are from the very new but very successful streamer group Check These Out, which are some of my closest friends. I could, I would, I would consider Marker a brother. Uh, Marker the DM is with us today, uh, who will be joining us in probably a minute, and one of his players, but also a DM of the, uh, also a DM, Josh, uh, who plays Zacharias on the uh, actual playcast, 
um, who's just had this uh, Tuesday had a very good session in my opinion for his character. I loved the part that I watched of it because it was a gladiator battle between a one-on-one -on -one fight between him and a crocodile cop. If you don't know what a crocodile cop is, you should watch check these out. You should nonetheless. Yes, obviously. Um, no, they both are amazing and I can't wait to actually talk to them. So, I would say we are done with the recap for now and we should yes. let them introduce themselves again to us. We will then also do a short mini game with them because we want to see how good their German actually is or how good their German <laughs> knowledge is. And then we will get right into the discussion. So, let's let, let them introduce themselves. So, we're back now um, with our two guests this week. Um, with us today are Maka and Josh from Check These Out. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Shall I go first? Go on then. Alright, so we are... This is Maka the DM speaking to you from Check These Out. We are a Twitch stream for a D&D 5e homebrew campaign that streams every Tuesday. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash check these out. We stream at 9pm UK time, which is 1pm Pacific time and 4pm Eastern Standard time. And I'm Josh. I'm one of the players for Check These Out. I'm also, I also do the podcasts and we will have some podcast only campaigns coming soon as well. Star Wars too. Star Wars. Ah, yeah, I heard about that. <clears throat> it's going to be so much fun. I'm intrigued. When will that release again? Do you already have a date for that? We're doing the first recording on the 30th of April, um, and then uh -huh. that and then that will go out the following week. Okay. It's going to be awesome. I've got my Ewok Sith prepared. <laughs> An Ewok Sith. That, that's a combination I've never heard of. Darth Jub Jub. <laughs> Very nice. So, uh, we prepared a little game for you. Uh, we are going to read you three sentences of three different uh, German songs, and you have to try to guess what, what they actually mean. <laughs> if anyone's uh, from Hope for TTRPG's Discord server, you'll know that I am an absolute expert at translating German, so I am going to nail these, no problem. So, Emil, would you like to start with the first sentence? Okay, the first sentence, uh, I will... Uh, yeah, no. Uh, the first uh, lyric is... Es tut mir leid, Pocahontas. Ich hoffe, du weißt das. Oh, easy. Nail Pocahontas to the device. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Strong um. opening. <laughs> Strong opening already. Josh, any um, advance on that? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it's got something to do with Pocahontas. Um, I'm going to say get Pocahontas to the device. I've gone for the less violent okay. approach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, the song is called Pocahontas from Anno Mai Kantereit. Um <laughs> Do I have to translate their name because I've got a really funny... <laughs> sure. Go ahead. I suppose I better not. Tell me the name again. Anno Mai Kantereit. Yep. I heard it. Uh, Josh? Please don't repeat it. Because <laughs> I know what you're thinking. You do, you do. Okay, moving on. What does it mean? Uh, so the sentence is meaning, I'm sorry, Pocahontas, I hope you know that. 
Okay, right. Yeah, I'd say that after I'd nailed her to the to the device, so that covers it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Obviously. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the next sentence we have for you is Ich heb ab, nichts hält mich am Boden. <laughs> Lift me up, I have a boner. <laughs> 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 it's well, easy. Um, <laughs> mine is going to be um, "Lift Me Up." Oh, what's that song? Um, you lift me up, something like that. <laughs> so I can. You don't have to sing it. Do I have to sing it? I better not. No. Yeah. You don't have to sing. No. Good. 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 Uh, so I, um, you lift me up is kind of close. The nope. first thing ich heb up means I take off. Okay. Um, the song is from a German rapper called Zido. Yeah. And it's called Astronaut. Okay. The second part of the sentence or the phrase is uh, nothing can keep me to the ground or nothing can keep me down. Got ya. Got ya. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and our yeah. third one we have for you is, is, is a different one. An guten Tagen strahlen die Straßen nur für uns. Hmm. Do that one again. An guten Tagen strahlen die Straßen nur für uns. Okay, that one I know a bit of. I think it says afternoon, I am striding the muffin house or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I... Not so much the muffin house part, but the um, either good afternoon or hello. Um, oh, is it that bloody... Uh, what's his name? Um, Avicii? It sounds like an Avicii song. Hello. Bye. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going with. <laughs> uh, well, the song is from Johannes Erding. And it's called uh, On Good Days. Is the English translation from the song title, and the lyric would say, "On good days, the roads shine only. Uh, the roads shine only for us." Yeah, so definitely not anything to do with muffins. Nothing with muffins, but it should have been with muffins. I, I agree, so. wholeheartedly. Or I agree. With bread. You hear that, Johannes Erding? Yeah. You should have made a song about muffins. You didn't. You ruined it, and you've made you've made all of Germany disappointed. Yeah, basically, yeah. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> should we get into the topic of today's episode? We should get into the more uh, serious topic of today. <laughs> after that, yeah, it's it's kind of a hard um, break, actually, yeah, because the uh, the first part was this little quiz on German lyrics and now we're going into the topic of today which is player character deaths yes very solemn very solemn uh, topic and should definitely no jokes should be made so I'm struggling to understand why two members have checked these out here (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I think I can speak for him and me uh, and myself Uh, we definitely would do jokes about it about it as well perfect yeah. Okay. Yeah, we've so had... we got the four right people to talk about this topic. Actually, probably the best. So, the f- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. So the first question I have for you would be: Is death a possibility in your games? And if not, why? So, 
I, it, 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 as far as the um, the stream goes, I'm the DM for the stream, so I mean, death is possible. Absolutely, I'm I'm not one to shy away from it. I we I suppose how do I put it? If it's a death just because of bad dice rolls, like you know, someone gets a natural one on their attack and then the enemy follows up with a nat twenty, um, and it doesn't feel like like you know, it's not it's not forwarding the story at all. That I might step in and you know someone will turn up and save them, or there'll be some way that they don't die then and there. But if if it furthers the story, because at the end of the day, D and D really is just group storytelling, isn't it? And if if somebody is is in a death saves and they're going, their character's going to die, and it furthers the story and it creates this great moment, then unfortunately they die. Yeah, and I think. Uh, no player will actually fault any DM for that because you said it's a group uh, storytelling game. You want to create a story together. So every player, uh, we, we always say good players on here. Obviously, that doesn't mean that some players are worse than others necessarily. But you have players that want to engage with the story you create or create the story with you. And any player that wants to create a story with you would probably at least gladly take that death for his character because it creates such an amazing moment for roleplay and for them and everyone at the table and also anyone watching if you stream it. Mm-hmm. I think I agree. Josh, you're doing the podcasts coming up soon, this, like the Star Wars ones and the TTRPG ones and stuff. What are your views on killing off characters as a DM? It's always a hard one when it comes to... It's You always get that horrible feeling when you, when it, when you know that something you're about to do could potentially kill a character especially if it's like a damage roll or you know the player is just about to roll their last death save and throw in terms of D&D you always have that sinking feeling in your gut even though you're not the person playing that character it's just the story that you've built with the player for that character it just yeah it's it's something that I I personally find um I can personally find quite difficult depending on the situation that they're in. And for me, as a player, um, when it happens, when it's your own actual character's story arc that's going on and they die during that, um, well, it, it's... Like you say, it just adds to the to the story that you've made as a group. And I've had a, I've had a character death before that... Um, happened two or three years ago we're still playing in that campaign haven't been due to covid but we still talk about that death because it's such a memorable moment and that's what you want you want to make memorable moments whether they're good or bad yeah i agree with that and i think yeah. you've got to look at it there's different types of dms as well isn't there because me and josh are quite similar in our dm style where we have these we try and create stories together but Sometimes you have it where the D and the, by the way, before I say this, there's no right or wrong to play right or wrong way to play D and D or TTRPGs. It's kind of if it's right for your table, then that's absolutely fine. But there's some tables where you have DM versus the players, if you get what I mean. So it's kind of like if the players lose, they if they if they die, they lose. You know what I mean? So I suppose in those games where the DM is kind of against the players, trying to kill them, where it's just you know that sort of game, then it's, I suppose it's different, isn't it? That, I suppose deaths in that way are kind of inevitable. Mm. And like, I think always it's it's okay if the DM throws ob- obviously enemies at the players that, are, that have the intention of killing player characters, but if it's 
actually the DM that wants to kill player characters. That's like I don't enjoy that playstyle very much. No. But if if I as a DM throw some background rival at a at the group that wants to kill that particular player character, they will try to kill that player character and I will play that that way. They will focus that PC. They will uh, go out of their way to actually attack them just because it feels right for the story. But I would never throw like a random troll at them just to kill them because yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just not, no. I don't enjoy that. Nope. I do find. Yeah, I, think... I, I sorry. Go on. Go on. Yeah. And I think um, that if you want to uh, kill your players or your player characters, um, rather. As a DM, you have such a big tool chest at your disposal mm -hmm. that you can throw at them just to kill them, and you don't even have to try that hard if you really want to do it. So it's just a little like luster, I think, if you want to just kill your players outright. Yeah. So you want to, I think, what every DM usually should aspire is to um, make it challenging enough that um, players have a, a perspective of death, but are, uh, aren't sure that it, or that it isn't sure that one PC dies. One thing that um, I definitely will not hold remorse for is when a player chooses to do something really, really stupid, despite yeah. being told many, many times, you know, that's a very bad idea, there's a dangerous threat around this corner, and they just go, <laughs> watch this. And if that character walks into trouble and ends up dying, sorry, dude, I warned you enough. It's it's the key yeah, fish moment from Critical Role Campaign 1. Like, if you do something stupid and don't ignore what everyone says to you, like, this is a dumb idea, don't do it, well, you kind of deserve it. Yeah, especially when they're doing it just to be... Just to be um, adversarial to the DM, just to kind of yeah. like like we like we had a player death, and I'm not going to go into detail a character death, should I say? I'm not going to go into detail about who it was, but they um, they were warned specifically that you know you should probably stay as a group because there's lots of fog around, and if you move away, you're going to get lost. And even though other players were saying, "Oh, I'm going to hold on to him," that that player kind of said, "Oh, well, my character wouldn't let you hold on to me. My character walks away." And lo and behold, they walked into danger and got themselves killed after feeling so invincible all campaign because they were quite a high level monk. Um, and I, I kind of said, "Well, what do you, what do you want me to do? It's you, you chose that to happen." Mm, yeah. Okay. I get that. I get that. Yeah. That sounds a lot like me. I, I don't remember doing that. <laughs> It wasn't you. Oh, good. It wasn't you. I had a similar um, situation last Sunday on a session with seven people. They were all level one, and they found tracks near the um, road they were traveling of a Goliath werebear. Yeah. And I had them roll nature or history checks to see if they would recall what type of creature that would be they all rolled high enough to recall that i warned them enough and they still thought hey maybe we should follow those tracks and hunt that thing <laughs> down at level one i would find it you know, level one in, level one players can actually be killed by things like normal crabs you know what i mean yeah <laughs> you, ju you just have to get like the boss cockroach and your level one wizard is dead in one blow yeah it's yeah <clears throat> until one player just said hey 
we heard the warnings. We all think this creature is like horribly dangerous. Maybe we shouldn't get this right now. I put those tracks in like to hint at a f uh, maybe uh, maybe a uh, quest line that came or could come into play later. Some sort of hint they could follow up on. I didn't think they would follow up on right at this very moment when they had another quest uh, going right now. That's <laughs> yeah, but those things you can't really prepare for. No, I guess the best laid plans of all DMs are ruined by players. <laughs> yeah. But that makes the game more fun. <laughs> oh, absolutely it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and oh, uh, yeah, you can. No, go ahead, go ahead, please. I was about to say, some sometimes, like last week, uh, no, not last week, it was episode eight of our campaign, I think, um, where it was one of our players, uh, Andy, was is playing as Captain Henry Wellerman, and he was face-to-face -face with this boss character, his... Um, his former commanding officer, who was a CR5 enemy, okay? And these guys are level three at the time. And uh, Andy took a big hit, and he was down to, like, three health. And I was thinking, he's going to die. Like, there's a very good chance this character's going to die straight away as soon as the session starts. Because the big boss is just going to get one move in and just kill this guy. And because everyone else was quite far away, there's a good chance... Because he has two hits as well, two attacks, this, this character... There's a good chance, like I say, he'll kill Andy before they get there. Um, but then somehow, with three health, he managed to f sort of uh, attack the creature, get away from him, and then they ended up turning it around and winning. So even sometimes when players are in Im seemingly impossible positions, they can escape by the skin of their teeth. And those are the moments that I find uh, most enjoyable, when you just think, how on earth have you done that? Mm, every time a player uh, surprises me, I'm like, yes, uh, like, I have, I have players that I, in one of my campaigns, I am teaching them to be way more inventive with their, with the things that I'm actually giving them and teaching them, hey, use these yeah. things against me and my ideas. I won't <laughs> plan for you to use them, so do it yourself. And yeah. the ideas they have come up with is honestly incredible. Like, one of my players made a flying carpet with nothing but a simple levitate spell and a rope. They casted <laughs> levitate on that carpet, sat on top of it, and used the rope of climbing, which can fixate to a point where you throw it, basically to pull themselves between trees through, uh, through the trees uh, while levitating on that carpet. And it is amazing. Won't have much use probably, but it's still very nice to see them getting inventive with the things that they actually have and can use. It's, yeah, it's and amazing. I bet they had so much fun with it as well. Yeah, it, it was amazing. Like seeing the faces light up when when it actually worked. Because I was like, yeah, okay, you can try that. Yeah, it works. Obviously, you need to make athletics checks to actually pull yourself, but that's okay. You just need to roll and. It was amazing seeing them like cheering, yay, we, this is a nice idea, we can actually use this and all that. That are the moments I live for in DMing, actually. 
Yeah. I forget that I've given them stuff. So, like, I'll give them a cool thing and then everyone appreciates and celebrates this cool thing. And then weeks down the line, I'll have forgotten that I've given it to him. And then that's when... Normally, it's Andy, by the way, as well. (laughs) Normally, he just goes... I'm going to use this thing and I think, oh my God, I've given this to him weeks ago and I've totally forgotten it. And then he's used it in such an inventive way, like exactly like you said. Yeah, those moments are just awesome. I sadly haven't gotten to that point yet in um, the last two campaigns I've played, but I'm still hoping. I still have hope for my players. (laughs) So I would like to ask, because... Josh and Maka, you already said you've both had to DM player character deaths. What are things that are important to look out for when actually doing that? Are there any advice you you have for that? You take this one, Josh. Oh, God. <laughs> um, so, I, I think the, the first proper player character... I've had plenty of um, player character deaths happening in games that I've DM'd before but there was always a way one of the characters was always always had some form of a spell or something that could revive that person so the first proper permanent death that I had was with um, uh, it was an offline game with Macker and, and Andy and a few of the other people from Chet Detail and some other people that we play with uh, players were only about level 2 at the time um, they were just on their way back from a farmstead and they ran into a goblin ambush um, on... the goblins were attacking some refugees from the local town and they jumped in to try and save them. Um, I had I had it all... I had the encounter planned out. There were going to be a set number of goblins there with the potential for more goblins to turn up depending on how loud the fighting was. Um, a perception, a successful perception check would bring more goblins in. Um, which it did, it brought more goblins in and the party got sort of swarmed and they were trying to um, protect the civilians so they split off into, they split the party effectively and the wizard, um, everybody jokes about the wizard dying first the the wizard was the one that actually died um, and obviously as they were all level 2 there was no way for anybody to revive him so we had to go for, and I felt really bad because it, that particular player, which was Andy, um, that was his actual first session with us. So he played in one session and got and his character died. So for me as a DM, that was I found that quite difficult because, um, well, you know, it's somebody losing a character. You know, you, you spend all this time speaking to that person about potential back, like their backstory and all of this sort of stuff, and how, you know, what sort of direction their character could go in, and then it all sort of gets snuffed out, really. But um, in terms of uh, DMing it, I I always struggle when... I don't say I struggle. I do struggle when a, somebody dies right at the beginning of a session. Um, especially if you've got no way to revive that character. Um, that person's then sitting out of the session for the, for the entirety of it. So... It's just you just got to find a way of including uh, that person in the story that's being told. So if I have a player that's whose character died right at the beginning of the session because we left the last session off on a cliffhanger, I'll get that person to roll some dice for me. They're like if they bump into another encounter, I'll get them to roll some of the attack rolls for the NPCs or something. Um, or 
if the character dies later on, then I'll make sure that there is a proper... I'll, I'll try and guide the players to try and have a proper RP moment for that character so the, the impact of their death is really felt um, especially if there is no way for that character to be revived at that point so I don't know if I went off topic there but yeah <laughs> No I remember that death too I was, a pl- I was a player in that game and I was a, I was a wild magic sorcerer and uh, that was Andy's character that died, and we all loved it as well because um, Andy made a character that was really funny. Like um, he was a baker, wasn't he? He was a, he was a he was a, a, a necromancer, but he was a baker. And his big old thing, his greatest wish was just to bake. And I loved it, obviously. But uh, we loved his character because he was just so funny. Um, and then when he died, and we all tried our best to save him. Um, and even there was someone stood right next to him that was a paladin, who's the worst paladin I've ever seen in my life. Um, he forgot that he could save this guy. So uh, Andy's character died, and we were all so gutted. But um, like it's like Josh said, I suppose it, I suppose it felt worse for you because you're the DM. And I, I mean, Andy's a great character, great player anyway. So he he just kind of brushed it off. And even when we we went out of our way. And here's another thing, though. When a character dies, you can actually turn that into a story to try and revive them. And that's what we kind of tried to do. We tried to take him to the nearest town, take him to all these different places to try and have him revived. I was really hoping it was going to be as simple as just putting a self-raising flower on him and he comes back to life. Um, but, uh, yeah, in the end, Andy just made more characters and they ended up being, we ended up forgetting about the first one. <laughs> well, you say that. You, didn't, you did go on a quest to climb the nearest mountain you had to go to you had to find a special gem that could be used to revive him um like you say that's the other thing you could do as well is you could give them a specific quest like you take them to a cleric or a priest or something that clerical priest hasn't got the actual magical power to revive them but they could go oh but if you go and get this gem from up the top of the highest mountain or this flower or something i can make something that will bring them back sort of thing and then that like you say that gives them another branch to go down um potentially extending the storyline a little bit a little bit more role play and it gives the character I, I actually did do this I actually I actually went through this whole process my uh, in in the one of the offline games we played before we started streaming um there was a there was like I gave him a MacGuffin. I gave him this magical item that they knew was really really powerful but again I warned them like hell you're going into a really dark tunnel and there's dark mantles on the ceiling you've seen them and any sort of sound's going to set them off so they they had they had the means to get there they had passed without trace and all this stuff but no they wanted to be stupid so one of one of the i can't remember how exactly the order of what things happened but one character ran in and got killed immediately they just swarmed him and just over overpowered him and just killed him and then another character tried to go in after him this time he tried to be quiet, but then for some unknown reason he decided to do something sh- super loud and got killed. And the and the, the players, other players, ended up retrieving their bodies and and doing that nice and stealthily. And I said to this this player with his one of the one of the one of them was really bothered about his character dying because he'd he'd written this whole elaborate backstory and really enjoyed playing him. And the group took this body to like a nearby fighters guild and paid the guild owner to keep the body in a coffin for all this time and they sent letters to his homeland and eventually his noble fathers sent this powerful wizard who could bring him back to life and and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks down the line 
this ca- I had this character revived because they'd worked so hard to to do everything, to jump through all the hoops I'd created for them. And I even gave the player a choice because he, he rolled a new character by this time that he was playing. Didn't really get on with him, didn't really find his biting point with that character. But I said, right, because you've done this thing, I, I think he, re- he rolled that character with a specific purpose of finding the dead one. Um, and I sort of said, hey, you can, you can keep the character you're playing with right now and you'll get your like 20,000 gold reward for retrieving the body. Or you can have your old character back, um, but you won't receive the gold. You'll just get to play your old character. And, uh, and that's exactly what they did. They they went with the character they were playing before, uh, the one that died and then got revived and all this stuff. And um, and they went for a period of having to heal, you know. So like, you know, his his horn was broken. He was like a dragonborn. His skin was falling off, and he needed he needed to go through a process of healing. But um, it's like uh, like that's exactly what we were saying a second ago. You make you when a character dies, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're gone forever. You know, at higher levels, pretty much everyone's going to have the means to bring them back anyway, because it's so easy to bring players back, characters back. I mean, um, but if you make a whole quest out of it, like we like we've done, uh, it can actually be a really fun thing. And, and when they get that character back, then they feel really, really rewarded, and it's a great, it's a great story in its own right. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I've also. Um... Had it a little bit turned on its head, like what you guys said, because I've had a player character death at I think level three or four with uh, a sorcerer, and uh, well, I had to DM that death, and the other three player characters in that game uh, decided to burn the body so he wouldn't be able to be brought back by anyone because they were leaving the area with him, had no means to carry him. And decided it would be best before someone brings that character back against us. So <laughs> evil necromancer uses that body against us and burns that body. And like I, w- I was uh, prepared to tell the player that was already in the process of um, in in the background thinking about another character a little bit. Um, I I've had the idea of. Well, if they keep the body, if they find any way to carry that body to the next city and get to a cleric or something, that player obviously can get the character back. Mm-hmm. But they just decided to burn the body. <laughs> that could still work, though, kind of. Like a true resurrection spell, you can. You only need, like, bits of the body, right? Yeah, I think you need, but their decision was basically, we want to burn it so it won't turn up again against us. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I spoke earlier on about the guy that had a really, really bad character choice and effectively chose to die, um, the players at first did did what you said and started to carry the body. But then they realised that they were going to fight a necromancer. That's the whole purpose of them. They were travelling through a swamp and like a bog and there was already undead popping up. And, uh, and they thought, actually, if this guy, this because this monk was basically... It was a munchkin build, if you know what I mean. It was a min-max build specifically to try and overpower everything. And um, they thought if he comes back against us, that's going to be really, really bad news. So in the end, they just buried him in a shallow grave and left him. <laughs> like, looted the corpse and left him. <laughs> and I was like, okay, there's some, there's someone you've been travelling with for a year, but that's fine. Just leave him in a shallow grave in a swamp. Yeah, sometimes. like They still more or less took up his personal quest and now try to fulfill it in his name 
So yeah, I, I totally get what you mean by you you create the stories from that death because now these player characters feel like they have an obligation for to their to their friend to fulfill his his quest of finding out why all these beasts in the mountains and forests suddenly turn so violent against human beings and different things and they now need want to find out even if they had nothing to do with it and could just say let's fuck off and never think about <laughs> that again they actually made it their personal quest now to find out what exactly is happening there which I that's just a, that's a sign of a couple of things it's a sign of a good group where the players actually care about each other's characters and i think that's a sign of a good dm too because they know that if they want to go down that route you'll go with it and write a story for them thank you Oh, you know, you've, you've got me on your show. I have to say nice things. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to move on from these stories and ask, you, especially YouTube, because I know what Niels has to say about this. Are there any special homebrew rules or any mechanics about death, resurrection, or anything around that topic in your games? Do you have any rules for that? Okay, so... Spoiler alert, a little bit. Um, in my world, in the game where we're playing on our stream, on Check These Out stream, when a person that is filled with aether, that's the word we use for magic, or just the essence of magic, when a person filled with that dies, that magic is released, and there, a tiny bit of it remains in the body, just enough to reanimate it. And then that being um, craves more. They crave to get that magic back because they just want it so much. In, in the afterlife. And so they will come back to life and sort of hunt down sources of this magic. So I suppose that's a homebrew world. If, if they don't deal with that body quickly, like if they don't resurrect that body quickly or find some way to keep it in stasis, it's going to come back and it's going to hunt them down as, a, as an undead, which I will control. And the more powerful they are, the more bad that's going to be. The, the worse that's going to be, should I say. And um, so that's one homebrew rule. But the other one, which I think um, Josh adopts as well in, in the offline games we play, is that when some, even when someone goes down into death saving throws, they have to roll on a D100 like injuries table. Um, and one of those injuries can just be like instant death. But some of them are like, you know, when you, if you're resuscitated and even when you're out of death saves, you have like a broken arm or a big wound or a scar or something like that. So that's, I think that's a homebrew rule as well. Is, is there anything else that you do, Josh? So yeah, I do the same as what you do. I do, um, although slightly different, whenever a player gets knocked down in one of my games, it's um, they have to make a constitution saving throw um, for half of the damage that they took, a minimum of 10. Um, if they pass it, fine, nothing happens. If they fail, then they then need to roll on an injury table. Um Nothing injuries and anything that's bad is permanent death, but it can be. I think the worst thing is loss of limbs, so you could lose um, hand and eye, stuff like that. Um, in one of the games that I DM'd a couple of weeks ago, um, Lewis, who is one of the players in Jet Detail, his um, Dragonborn was um, unfortunately killed by an attack from a rather large bear like creature. Um, as he sort of went down before he died, as he went down, um, I got him to roll on the injury table, and he rolled. He failed the Constitution save, and then he rolled a natural one on his um, 
on his injury check, on the result, sorry, and it caused him to not only die, but he also lost his arm in the process. So when he was eventually revived, he was armless. Um, <laughs> See, I'd rather die first and then lose my arm if I had a choice. Yeah. And then the other rule that I adopt is um, the earlier version of uh, Matt Mercer's resurrection rule. So, you know, whenever you cast any form of resurrection spell on somebody, um, you roll a d20, and if you roll less than a 10, that character's dead. Um, That spell that you use can't then be used on them again, although it doesn't mean another spell can't be used. And um, for every time the character is revived, that D, that ten DC goes up by one each time. Um, for each each time that that character is killed, so that's one. That's that's the other one that I use. And then obviously as well, uh, like I mentioned before, the other one that I do is I'll give them if there is no option to revive through spells or anything, then um, some form of a quest to bring that character back will be given as well. So that's what I do. Oh, okay. Um, Nils knows this, but I have uh, some sort of the Matt Mercer rule because I do... Um, I, I say the resurrection itself is more or less flawless. It happens as the spell describes it, but you still need to roll that uh, d20, and if you roll, if you fail that d20, um, you get something like uh, an inconvenience, uh, an, an, a new character flaw, a trait or something. Something's like, you're afraid of water now. You have this voice in the back of your head that tells you stuff. And nice. it's basically just creating a new personal, like a side quest for that character because you died. So more or less forcing the player to roleplay more that this shit I died. What do mm-hmm. I do now? I like that. Um, yeah, maybe like a glimpse of the afterlife or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you have uh, to actually get back, even though you were resur- resurrected. You made a pact with a powerful undead that now wants something from you. They won't tell you what it is or what you actually have to do, but they're gonna let you know if you've did it for them, and that creates a very personal quest that only that character actually can solve and. It's something that I can like let let lay down for like ten sessions and then bring back up. Like, hey, remember this <laughs> person you made a pact with? Yeah, they now want you to do that. That sounds a little bit like when I ask my wife what what she wants for dinner, <laughs> and she won't tell me what she wants, but I have to guess. <laughs> and then weeks weeks in advance, she'll be like, "You remember we had pizza the other week because you wanted it." That sounds yeah. I I, I feel you hundred percent. I actually really like that. Not the not your wife and the pizza thing, but I actually really I actually really like the idea of doing that, especially if you don't want to sort of like go through characters like anything. I I find it difficult bringing in a second character once my original character's died. But no, definitely doing it. You know that way where you gain a character flaw. I, I actually really like the sound of that. Yeah, I do. I'm going to steal it for definite. I can uh, send you over the rules. I will just have to translate them to English, but I can do that for you. It's like you don't need to. I'm, I've already proven that I know German really well. <laughs> True. <laughs> Can't argue with that. Um, so uh, let's let Niels speak for a while. Um, Niels, if a player yeah. character dies in your game, 
are there any kind of rules for when that player actually has to roll up a new character for the time being or for the rest of the campaign is there something like you need to be a level below them you are the same level how is the process behind making a new character while the campaign is going for special you? rules i wouldn't say so um they if they create a new character they start at the same level they were when they died um but i'll try to weave in how they get into the group into the narrative a bit so it may happen that um the characters um just disregard the hooks i give them for introducing that new character um and maybe advance uh, a level and then he's leveled down to the uh, in comparison to the others but that's basically everything related to rules with a new character that i do so same level as before but they may fall behind if the group just disregards any hooks i throw their way mm, okay and i have um i've had this sorcerer die and the player rolled up a new monk character uh, uh, a kensei monk and i said to the player hey you are gonna be one level below the other players but just for like a few sessions nothing big combat wise so you're not really behind in combat it's just a short short period to just let it feel that you are new and before something heavy actually comes your way again you are gonna be the same level so i'm not really punishing the player for having their player character die because that's something you shouldn't punish for a player well at least if the player didn't really try to let the character die with yeah that's what i was about to say yeah 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 yeah. so we we i've got a player in our game lewis who uh constantly comes up with new character ideas and wants to try them out um not so much obviously at the mo with right now but in the past there's been kind of you know every couple of months oh, i've thought of this new character and i want to be that and so they especially when campaigns first start out uh, and they're not you know they, they try the character for a little bit don't like it and then want a new one And so we started off by saying, well, we used to do experience as well. We used to do um, leveling up by experience. And because we have quite a large group of players offline, like off our streams, um, and not everyone can make it every week, we started to get, you know, players that were like level six and seven and players that were like level three and four and stuff. So we kind of said, um, if you die, you come back as the same level as the lowest character in the team. I mean, that's that's like a null and void point now because we do Milestone because we've just discovered that it's actually a lot better for us when we have the same players every single week. Um, <clears throat> but I think when a player decides that they're just bored of a character and just they just want to roll another one, in a way, it, it kind of cheapens it to me that they go they get to come back as the same exact level because everyone else has, had, has worked for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, maybe years, to get their characters to this level. And then just because someone goes, meh, I'm bored of that now, they get to come back and jump in at the same level. So like what you said about having someone come back a little bit weaker at first and then building themselves up, that's kind of the way I'm... Well, on the streams, I think I'll always have people come back at the same level. But uh, for off our offline games, I would not, not punish people like you say, but just have it that they have to work their way back up a little bit. Mm, okay yeah um when it's a choice when it's a choice of i'm bored of this character can i kill them off then you know 
you got to, you've got to earn your way back in. Yeah, uh, yeah. One of my players actually switched character last week, not because they were necessarily bored of like they have had this sorcerer idea, uh, or well, not the idea. They have actually played that sorcerer for like five levels in the campaign, then wanted to switch because they felt like the character doesn't really fit anymore. I want them to go. Their personal quest isn't following the sto- can cannot follow the story anymore, and they need to go. And I was like, okay, yeah, if that's your opinion. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. If it if it makes sense, I mean, I'm quite a I'm quite a kind of laid back DM, but I kind of think if it, if it makes sense story wise, go for it. Yeah. Our big our motto that we kind of live by is RP over OP, mm. so like role play over overpowered. Um, so if someone comes to me and says like I want this thing or I want my story to go this way or like like you just said I think I need a new character if they have a role play reason for it and a genuine this is going to make the story better for everybody then I'm like yeah cool I'm I'm all for that mm, definitely but the, not the problem because I don't think it's a problem problem for us that player then r- rolled a, a dwarf cleric because they were like okay first of all this fits my playstyle better second of all it fits the group better having a dwarf that actually is more or less the mom of the group like a responsible yeah. a cleric <laughs> can actually heal. a nanny bot yeah exactly but the problem is the player grew extremely <clears throat> not not bored but um annoyed of that playstyle being the designated healer because the group plays in a such a reckless way <laughs> in the campaign that he actually only can spam healing spells nothing else yeah and and then he was like mm, maybe i still i want to switch back to that actual sorcerer idea and maybe that will actually make the group the group story better so i now had to build the story again to actually fit that character and because if i if a player comes to me and says i want to switch character i would i will probably never turn them down i will definitely mm-hmm. advise them to make it seem right they need to give me a good reason why one character leaves and the other comes in again or comes because i don't want this to feel like hey that's a new adventurer you need to actually take with you on quests now because like this group has played for two years no way are they gonna just say yeah come with us (laughs) they are handling volatile information that can bring the end of the world they're not just gonna let any random weirdo from the streets get actually into that and walk with them into into death no that's not gonna happen so Mm -hmm. there's a good reason why you switch why you switch and i need explanation story wise that actually give me a good thing and if a player switches character i'm actually never trying to kill them off when coming back to the death theme of this episode i would never kill them outright like maybe i will use uh, like i've asked the player can i use this character later mm-hmm. on yeah. as a dev device can i kill yeah. him off to get the players motivated for something and the player was yeah you can i don't want to yeah, play yeah, that yeah. anymore and now i'm said okay you can never play that character again yeah i do that i also say that sometimes when people give up a character mm-hmm. i will I will have that character turn up as an adversary at some point, as some sort of enemy, like they've switched sides or they've become undead or something, just because it has more of an emotion. I know it's a bit of a smurfy way to do things, but it um it always can- it always gives you a cheap emotional like jolt, and then they're like, no, that's my character, and they you know it's t- I suppose it's just a cheap way of getting a response, that's but a, I do it. It's a bit like in my offline game. Um, Mac was playing. Mac, Mac said he was playing a. Um, 
a sorcerer, and um, you just he decided to he wanted to change to a cleric just because that character wasn't fitting, um, which is fine. We went through the process of changing the character over, um, and I said, "Are you all right if I keep the plot points that I have with this character with your other character and do something with them?" And I said, "Yeah, that's fine." So we did that, and that character ended up um, sacrificing herself. Um, to save the rest of the party um, in a rather deadly encounter, so um, and the, the the people who were there for that session really, really, even though Michael wasn't playing that character anymore, they really felt that particular death because that character had been with them for so long. So it wasn't just the fact that oh, it, this was Mac's character and it's now an NPC. Oh well, she's died. It was a case of they'd actually grown attached to that person, and that person just got taken away from them. That is another point, by the way. This is something I want to bring up, that it doesn't just have to be player character deaths that have a big impact on the story or the other players. We, um, I think it's a real testament to a good DM. I, I, I'm really, really humble. In fact, I'd say I'm the most humble person ever. But um, I've, had ca- I've had NPCs before that my players will risk their characters for to try and save. And sometimes NPC deaths can be just as impactful on a party of players as character deaths right so they even this npc they love even if it's a stupid one like just some goblin that's been following them around um they they can be just as important sometimes Mm. yeah you you can create awesome character drives through npc death like i've had this like it's it's again a little bit turned on its head what you what you just said because i've had this obnoxious ai in a in a, in a sci-fi <laughs> game and she spoke with a voice like this she basically had the personality of a five-year-old child with the humor turned to 11 out of 10 making jokes everywhere and yeah i would be yeeting that out of the airlock immediately right and, and my players wanted to go out of their way just to kill that AI. And, 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 and they risk their own lives for killing that AI. Yeah. I have a real talent for making characters like this. There's a guy... Um, first off, there's one called Dunkle. For anyone that, anyone that hasn't ca- caught... Yeah, anyone that hasn't caught our stream before. I have this character called Wunkle Dunkle that is a chaotic deity. It's basically a Nilbog, but like turned up to 11. Um, I actually had it as a, a mixture of... Um, Hoggle from the Labyrinth and the character, Jim Carrey's character in The Mask, so it's like a mixture of the two like I really, I just like the idea of it and people, like the, the players, although it's fun and chaotic, they hate this guy and they will go they go out of their way to try and kill this god and even in our offline games, I made someone called Splendiferous Fumblefinger III and there was, it was a little gnome and the gnome didn't even do anything bad to the team, he just turned up and was kind of really the polar opposite character-wise of the goblin that Andy played. And just because it was so different and everyone loved him and there was so much fanfare and he was a real favourite of the town, the team just took a dislike to him and wanted to kill him. And they just really hated this character. Yeah. Like, I have this, uh, like like you already said, I think I create more characters my players hate than they actually love. I don't yeah. know why. I actually try make char- to make characters they actually want to protect and talk to, but it just never seems to work. 
<laughs> I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm just bad at that, and that that's okay. I, I, then I will keep trying until it until it actually works. But there's always one player at my table that's like, I'm gonna kill him someday. Trust me <laughs> on this. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one thing I uh, wanted to ask you guys was um, regarding player character deaths and uh, deadly encounters. Like, uh, did you ever have a TPK happen? And what did you do then? Or how did you handle it? I haven't. I have not had a TPK happen. I've had situations where they were close. Um, there was a dragon, for example. It's always dragons, right? It's Dungeons and Dragons at the end of the day. But there was a dragon that they were fighting that was... I, it was a deadly encounter, and they knew it was a deadly encounter. It was beatable, it was winnable, because I think most combats, unless they're really, really outweighed, are winnable, to, if you can think of the right tactics. But this dragon got quite a few people down to, like, death saves or very, very injured. And even likewise, Josh, you're, I don't know if you were with us this, then, Josh, but um, Johnny is another one of our players in the stream. He DM'd for us offline as well. We used to rotate DMs and rotate stories and stuff. And there was a f fight we had um, that was out at sea on a boat, and we were fighting a like adult black dragon or something. And even and then that was so close to a TPK, um, but I've never experienced one. I don't know if you have, Josh. That, that that particular black dragon moment was just before I, I joined. I think I think that was when you were on your way to the to Ethelgard, so which isn't a little island in Terra Luna. Um, I've never had. I've never been a part of a TPK I've I have had a, I have DM'd a TPK but it was it was a planned TPK um, what I mean by that is is that I'd given the players were on an adventure they'd been asked to take a uh, escort a lady from one town to another and on on the path going there they were ambushed and each of them each of the the players were overwhelmed and were killed, but the the players all experienced the death of their own characters, and they were all like, "Whoa, what's going on?" You know, the CR rate for this is just ridiculous. You know, it started to almost start arguments between the players because they thought I just wanted to end the game, but it was planned because they all then woke up um, in a prison cell. They had been at some point on their adventure they hadn't noticed that they had been poisoned and had fallen asleep um, and what they were living was a dream sequence where they were constantly killed over and over again but they were actually being tortured in a cell so that's the closest I've ever had to a TPK <laughs> you bastard yeah, that's nasty <laughs> but I like that he doesn't look it Josh doesn't look it he looks like a big cuddly bear but deep down he just wants to kill everyone yes I am known as the as the uh, OPDM <laughs> between the three, <laughs> three DMs are in our group. Yeah, Niels, did you have a TPK or did you get close? Uh, yeah, I actually had one uh, in a one-shot I ran uh, for uh, two veterans, you could say, and two new players. It was a little tragic, but uh, I thought, yeah, maybe uh, throw some very well-known monster at them as a way of introducing them them to uh, Dungeons and Dragons and I didn't go with the dragon route so um, it was a one shot for 13th level and I throw a beholder or a death tyrant at them and 
they were so close. I think the uh, Death Tyrant had 20 HP left at the end of the fight. The um, the thing that killed actually, uh, or that actually killed the party was um, that the Barbarian on his first turn rolled two net 20s, uh, net, net 1s on his saving throws against the, the Petrifying Ray and was just petrified in the second round, which was horribly tragic. Um, but we got a new um, campaign seed out of it, actually. So now we have that um, campaign idea that a group of new people try to um, rescue the country that the Death Tyrant is now controlling and saving the world, kind of. See, I've, I've explored this before. Um, in in the very, very first campaign I did, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, like... I'm not so sure how good of a DM I am now because I'm always having to turn to Josh and John and be like, what's the rule on this? <clears throat> but um, when I very first DM, I was awful. I'm not even going to lie. I just did. I threw too much magic weapons at the end of the team. <clears throat> I didn't do encounters properly. But what, the worst part was that I railroaded them really badly. And I can, can hold my hands up and go, yeah, I sucked. Now, I railroaded them to the point where. I didn't really want. I didn't want to carry on, and I don't. And I wasn't really doing the players justice. I thought if I could just reboot and start again in the second campaign, it would be a lot better. And so I did exactly what what Niels has just said. I had the players all just die, like all killed by the big bad. The big bad grabbed them, killed them. End of end of thing. And then for a little while, we did like another TTRPG just to like break break the games apart. And then I. Sp- sprung the surprise on them that I wanted to do a second campaign and um, what I, what I kind of did was the same game world but slightly flipped on its head as if time had been changed and certain aspects had changed here and there but I brought back so many of their favourite NPCs and so many of their favourite uh, locations and um, it kind of I suppose it made the next campaign that much more meaningful mm-hmm um, yeah, I've had a very close encounter to a TPK. Um, one of my all-time favorite monsters, uh, the Hydra. Um, I used that against my player characters. It was a very unfair fight f- to them, I would say, because they were trapped in an underground cave with a Hydra with, I think, two of them already at half HP. And they were so close to dying because I think the wizard, the sorcerer, and the monk were already down. The monk was down two death saves already, and the fighter had was well. I could you could say because I was a dump DM <laughs> because I gave the fighter a rapier that just deals fire damage instead of normal damage. Mm. The hydra doesn't re- gain any health or he- or heads if it has hit been hit by fire damage, and that fighter was always right before the hydra was so <laughs> i was always hoping like at the beginning i was hoping please don't hit in this turn i want to see three new heads and like it happened two times and like the hydra had nine heads and they nearly killed it and then it would have been 13 heads if the fighter hadn't hit his one attack in that round yeah made the healing negated every healing and took it down the round after that and 
like my like all of the players were on the edge of their seats because they couldn't do anything they were just waiting for the rest of the players that are actually still in the fight to do something because like their characters were down they had no healing spells anymore and they were like please please just hit and then revive us please and it worked but they told me after that they were actually fearing for their characters and this is an amazing feeling as a dm getting told that was amazing and i actually was scared and all that mm -hmm. it's it's crazy it just means you've set the scene mm -hmm. uh, very good what i so. can say marka is that she, right now you are definitely a good dm in my eyes from what i can perceive on screen when you stream <laughs> i'm a good storyteller put it that way and uh, i think i'm good at how do I put it? I'm good at performing that story and kind of setting the scene. But really, it's the players that go through that story that make it entertaining and stuff. So and I when I say I'm a bad DM, what I mean by that is I don't know the rules particularly well. Like, I know I know enough to get by, but I homebrew stuff all the time when I'm just like, yeah, okay, we'll roll this because this reason. Um, and that's why quite a lot of the time when someone does a spell, I'm like, Johnny, what does that do? Or... <laughs> Josh, help me out here. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like I'm a good, definitely good story. I appreciate, by the way, that uh, your kind words. I really do appreciate that. It means a lot. I can definitely tell you a good performer, at least. Um, I'm actually also very hyped for tomorrow because of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. I don't often get to be a player. I know. I know that what Josh said. We played offline, um, but because of how much work goes into doing the streams and stuff, I've had to step away from being a player. Um, and for the last kind of, well, like six weeks or more, I haven't really been a player. And I've kind of missed it because as much as I love DMing, and I think that's my main um, love in TTRPGs, I'm really, really looking forward to being a player tomorrow and showing all of you guys what I can do as a player. I'm looking forward to it a lot. I, I think of myself as a very bad player, so... Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I, I know that. I know that. I'm I'm definitely intrigued. I will <laughs> well, my anxiety is off the charts. I I, I, I'm actually <laughs> shaking right now. I don't know if it's because we have such famous guests here or because I'm so hyped for tomorrow. Probably <laughs> both. Both. <Yeah>. Both. Famous. <laughs> oh yeah, the thing is none of the guys that play in the stream realize um not i wouldn't again i wouldn't really say that we're famous so far but the viewership that we get and the kind of support we've found so far is not normal for a group that have only been going for 10 episodes and i'm having to say to people like, look we're actually doing really really well um but I, I, it makes me sound like an asshole when i say that because i'm like look at me look at me but we're as surprised as everyone else trust me like i probably get to peek behind the curtain more often because we obviously chat in the hope for ttrpg smart chat or private chats or something like to anyone out there marka is just as surprised as everyone like he's happy about it obviously but you definitely also are surprised every time yeah definitely i wish i knew i wish i knew why we get like as much as many viewers as we do and why people seem to resonate with us. I wish I knew, because then I would do that more. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, um, okay, I would like to do, because we are already at one hour recording, I would do a quick summary of the advice we sort of gave throughout the episode. And if anyone wants to chime in with another advice they have, they can just interrupt me and go. So at the beginning we said, or Marka said, bad roles should not result in a character death necessarily, because just because a natural one, your character shouldn't be dying except you really want to test your dm in that if you if you want to antagonize the group or the dm and roll bad that could end bad but just a bad roll while climbing a mountain shouldn't result in permanent death instantly yeah it needs to have a it needs to have a feeling it needs mm. it needs to be a, a good story moment if it's just a bad roll i always think of some way to save that person because it doesn't mean as much. Yeah. Uh, the second advice is exactly what you just said. Uh, you you should always try to turn deaths into any kind of story, either that results of the death or make the death story meaningful. So always have something prepared. Okay, this is now a personal quest after they have been revived or for the other players or player characters to revive that character, find something they wanted in their life just make it a story make it make it a meaningful moment uh, when someone dies and the times that come after that should be somewhat memorable to everyone and the last yeah. one is uh, don't punish players for pc death because it's not their fault that the character necessarily died it's in, in combat it's it can be just bad dice rolls and it can be an enemy fighting them and they lose and all that stuff don't necessarily punish them just for the sake of their character dying punish them for something else if you really want to punish them but not for the sole fact that the player character died those are basically yeah. the three advice i uh, wrote down while we were talking is there anything you guys would like to add to that list for the people? I think you pretty much covered it. I mean, you know, this it's the standard thing, isn't it? I think it all boils down to what type of game you're playing. If you're playing a game that's just DMs versus players and it's, you know, we're going on a quest to kill some enemies and those enemies might kill us, then sure, fine. The deaths don't necessarily mean as much. But if you're if you're playing a story, a collective story between the DMs and the players, then I would say have those player death have those have those character deaths mean something and add to the story in some way and then you can actually use that as a basis to create more stories from mm -hmm. yeah yeah obviously uh, every table is different play your style first and then think about what you can take from others but always find yeah. your style that's basically the advice we have given every episode now and we will probably never stop because it's the best advice you can actually give someone so we are done with the topic so check these out where can people find you okay right i'm glad you asked me because now you're going to test how well i know all of our links yeah, um so every tuesday at 9 p.m uk time which is 1 p.m pacific standard time 4 p.m eastern we play on twitch uh, twitch.tv forward slash check these out um we stream probably from only about three hours normally 
Uh, we are sponsored by D&D Beyond. Uh, sorry, supported by D&D Beyond. Sponsored by Raven and Riddles. Sponsored by BD&D. Um, and uh, we have a D&D 5e homebrew campaign. There's three DMs, two artists, and then Andy, who just turns up and bees Andy. And uh, we also upload our, our videos to YouTube as well. You can't currently type in YouTube you know, forward slash check these out because we don't have enough subscribers. But you can just search on YouTube, check these out, and you'll find our videos. Um, Josh, likewise, does all of our podcasts. He, he turns our episodes that we stream into podcasts. And that's at anchor.fm forward slash check these out, uh, where you can find all of our podcasts on Spotify, Apple, you know, all those different ones. Um, I upload all of our sessions as written recaps because some people said they'd prefer to just follow it as a story, like a written story. So that's on our Patreon, uh, patreon.com forward slash check these out. And that's all free, so you don't have to sign up or subscribe to us or anything like that. Always appreciate it if you do, but if, if you just want to read the stats, that's awesome. That's where I put a lot of our lore drops as well. And I think that's everywhere. You could also shout out your social medias like Twitter and Instagram and TikTok, but if you don't oh, want to, oh, of course, of course, of course. So yeah, we're 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 actually active on every social media. So we've we've just hit sixty nine followers on TikTok and and Instagram. So that's awesome. Um, again, everything's just check these out. Okay, so you can find us on TikTok and check these out where I make stupid videos, and we actually upload clips of our shows and our recaps and stuff. Um, uh, you can find the main channel. Um, our main form of social media is Twitter. That's at Check These Out One. Uh, myself, Maka, I have a, my personal one, which is a lot more laid back and a little bit more of chaotic. just stuff that, yeah, chaotic stuff that comes into my head, and I just blur out into Twitter. That's um, I don't know. I don't even know my own Twitter handle. I think it's. I'll tell you. It's at Maka underscore the underscore DM, and. Uh, yeah, that's kind of that's that's us. I think. I think. Uh, I don't know if Josh has anything else to add to that. Um, I mean, I'm not very active on Twitter, but if you want to follow me, I'm at CDO Josh. <laughs> that's, that's probably about it. Um, uh, yeah, what a perfect plug for your own. I'm not very active, but follow me if you want. Yeah, I think that kind of sums to, it up. I, I retweet. I mainly retweet the CDO stuff that goes out there, um, and I'll retweet other things that I like to look of. Um, in terms of uh, the podcast, like, like Mac said, I podcast the our uh, stream sessions, and as I said, as we said at the beginning, we are going to start doing some podcast-only campaigns, uh, starting with a Star Wars one. And Mac doesn't know this yet, but a couple of other game systems, other TTRPG systems, lined up to do afterwards. Um, going to sort of do those as we go along. Um, there may be a Witcher one that I found that we might do. Um, nice. And yes, please. And a few other, and a few others. Nils and I are actually playing a Witcher campaign right now with uh, two other yeah. friends of us, and like it's a mini campaign. Like probably you guys will do as well, and it's honestly yeah. amazing. Is it using? This is the thing. Like so much fun. Is it using? Like uh, offline, we have. Sorry, sorry, Josh. I was just gonna say, is it using um the because there is a Witcher uh, mm-hmm. actual rule set that I yeah found. we're using the R. The from uh, from our Talison Games, I think, is the name of the company. Uh, that are the rule sets we use. Um, it's quite a crunchy system, but it's still really good. Uh, makes a good feel for the actual Witcher world, and like it's a <laughs> the can the campaign is amazing. I, I Nils and I talk a lot about it on the podcast because yeah. it's 
a very more it's so much fun player driven it's like i really don't do much prep and just let the players do and it's it's honestly perfect yeah <laughs> i was about wait. i was about to say like we because off when we before we started streaming we we, we did a lot of games offline and myself Johnny and Josh, we would rotate our DMs and stuff. So because we all have slightly different styles as well, what we're going to try and do is have podcasts. Uh, we're going to with different TTRPG systems. We'll have our stream on Twitch, and then maybe even Johnny will DM. I think the plan is that he's going to DM us some streams on either Facebook or YouTube. So we're kind of going to showcase everything that we can do as a group, uh, as well as Lewis making these amazing maps and artworks and videos that he does as well so we're, we're just trying to i suppose i suppose we're going to showcase everything that we can do and then you'll see me as a player and a dm i can't wait for the star wars one to premiere i'm looking forward yeah that's to gonna that. be so yeah that's gonna be so much fun i'm really looking forward to it yeah so uh nils you do our social medias <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh so you can catch us either at twitter at double dm pod at instagram at wdm pod uh, our anchor fm thing is anchor.fm forward slash wdm pod um we are on apple Podcasts, spotify anchor deezer uh, not yet on deezer or google podcast but we're working on that and yeah that's about it or have i forgotten anything i don't think so we don't have a tiktok account maybe i will make one no when is yeah. this going? You should definitely, because it's so much fun. When is this going live? Uh, on Sunday uh, this week. Okay, so, I, I mean, there's probably... I'm not sure what's going to happen with our Beige Gang one-shot that, that uh, DM Chronicles, Bravin from DM Chronicles is doing. I don't know whether it's going to be uploaded to YouTube or just available on his video on demand. But if you don't get a chance, if you didn't get a chance to watch that live which for you guys would be yesterday like mm -hmm. a saturday um then you should check out at dm chronicles on twitch and you'll be able to check the vod out for a good couple of weeks before somebody uploads it to youtube somewhere probably yeah so all that's left to say is i really really appreciate you guys coming out here and talking with us about death for over an hour and I think Thanks this discussion was very, very cool and very informative. So all that's left to say for the listeners is thank you for listening. Uh, tune in next week for a topic we haven't even decided yet. So <laughs> thank you, everyone. And good night. Goodbye. Good day. Whatever. Bye bye. Good, good nice morning. Good morning. <laughs> good morning. Yeah. <laughs> Bye bye.